Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Bud Pod 63, the 63rd of the Bud Pods. Um, Phil, 63 mean anything to you? Um, it's, um, 20, it's neatly divided by three into 21, which I quite like. Ooh, that's um, true. Aside from that, I think it's a very, uh, it's a very, f- uh, feminine number. Six and three are both the girl numbers. <laughs> yes. Uh, but aside from that, no. Fair enough. Will you still watch me pee? When you're 63. That's the sort of uh, heartwarming song I enjoy uh, uh, listening to. How's your lockdown, Phil? Are you enjoying summer in prison? <laughs> uh, no, I hate I hate summer enough when we're let outside. Um, yeah. I hate even more. They have to just slowly sous vide in your <laughs> bed. I, I really hate British summer. I have always hated it. I will always hate it. The country's not built for it. Uh, yeah, it's a there's yeah, a lot of thick, thick walls. Yep, thick walls, no air conditioning. Uh, when when the weather forecast says, I'm afraid it's going to be another crow- cloudy, uh, cold day tomorrow, I'm like, yes! Because also, if you like summer, you'll be thinking that way as well now, because you don't want to be missing good days. So whenever... Yeah the weather forecasts a rubbish day next day is like great i wouldn't have gone out anyway right yeah i i also find that um the 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 sort of very british thing of having every single room in any particular building carpeted mm, makes it a yeah. lot warmer and also like I mean, I don't, I don't know what things were like in Malaysia, but in, in South Africa, it was kind of like, well, you'd have carpets in like the bedrooms and, and maybe the bedroom corridor kind of thing. But the rest of the house, it would just be like tiles or, or something. Yeah, my, the, my our house in Malaysia was just cold, hard, marble um, tiles, the entire uh, building, um, which meant that it's cool because, you're, you're, you know, your feet are always cooled by the cold marble. But also meant that if you ever ever fell over you were fucking done mate you were finished your skull would crack open and release all the your delicious pink goo because that shit was hard as diamond that floor i remember absolutely decking myself on on brown like brown tiling in a sort of yeah in a sort of child, like like the the uh, at the kind of speeds you can only move as a toddler with you, like the you know that noise of like your feet slapping on the on the tiles, <laughs> and you just go down. And if you hit your elbow on that stuff, it would be like hitting your elbow on ice while you're ice skating. It would just crack. Oh man, it's it's awful. It's terrible, but keeps you cool. That's the that's the trade off. That's the trade off. That's right. Whereas, yeah, the UK with its buildings that are like uh, meter-thick walls and rich, luxurious carpets. it's Every just... room in this country is like a padded cell. It's like everyone should be in a straitjacket. <laughs> with big, heavy curtains and things, yeah. Yeah, every, every room is designed to deal with a Charles Dickens-style December winter. <laughs> a kind of very but aside snowy... From... Mm? Oh. Eh? Hello? Yeah? They're just very Hello? snowy. What are you what are you saying? No, I think we just I think we just uh, fell out of step with each other. Alright. The perils of remote broadcasting. Um Yeah, I'm gonna try and every year I forget the correct sequence of windows open, windows closed to make my flat as cold as possible. Um and it's coming up to the time where it's time to get rid of the duvet and just sleep under the duvet cover. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I might. I might have to do that, or maybe just because it's like I. It's too hot under the duvet. But if you sleep without any sheets on you, I don't think I've slept a single night of my life without some sheet on me. Because if you don't, if you don't have a sheet on you, you feel like you're fucking camping or something. There's something wrong about it. Just being exposed to the ghosts. It doesn't feel safe. <laughs> That's exactly it's like you're inviting. It. Yeah, you're inviting. Go- you're saying, "Well, come on, then, ghost, uh, jump inside my mouth and take over my body." This it, is obviously what I want. Yeah, sleeping without a sheet on just feels like you're saying. Yeah, it feels like you're saying, "I I want a demon in my anus now." <laughs> And I'm gonna not I'm, uh, not tomorrow, not sometime next week. Now the the best time to have a demon shoot up my ass was yesterday. That's how soon I want this. I want two little goat horns poking at my gallbladder from the inside. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> Why is that? It's also like um. It's for me. It's something, especially about having like my back or shoulders covered. Like I need to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in there. Oh, you, you need your shoulders covered. That's pretty high. So you have you have your you have your blanket like tucked up to your neck, like you're a sick Victorian boy. Yeah, I never. Um, if 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 I if I sleep with, if I sleep with nothing in between my shoulder blades, like covering that area, like my 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 upper back. Um, yeah. Then I will have like terrible night terrors well how much do you sleep on your front that you you think about covering your shoulder your shoulder blades i don't sleep on my back i can't breathe like that so you, you sleep on your front well i sleep on my side right so how so how can you cover the back of your shoulder blades if you're on your side with a blanket oh i see i, I like on the side there like falling down yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you were one of these. I thought I thought you were one of these nutters that sleeps on the front like they've been murdered. <laughs> the people who sleep on their front, just that—that that is another kind of like bedtime risk <laughs> that I don't understand. Or it just feels like you're saying, oh, "I, I, I would, I would love to." How do you? How do they? How do they cope with their neck at that angle? The neck, the pressure on their chest. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I, I, my, for me, the most comfortable position is um, to lie down like I've just been killed by the cartel execution style. <laughs> Knees brought up to the chest, on your side, hands clasped in prayer. Uh, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. I have to be on my side, usually my uh, left side. Until it wears out, and then I roll over to my right side. I think I've slept on my back once in my life, maybe. Do you do you ever get this thing where if, if I do sleep on my back, like maybe it's like a... And let's be clear about this thing where we're talking about blankets and things. Daytime naps, the rules don't apply anymore. That's daytime. As in the, like, your position? Well, so like, I just mean generally the rules don't apply in daytime. So like the rule about having a, to have a sheet, I, I don't need that in a daytime nap scenario. Because I don't feel the need for security in the same way interesting um, yes also for the same the reason day. there are no ghosts yeah there are no ghosts in the day and uh in the same for the same reason like if i do a daytime nap i've had some very excellent daytime naps while i'm still wearing jeans for god's sake Ugh. yeah that made the hairs on my neck go up <laughs> why don't you just put on a tie while you're at it <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, nothing in my A wedding dress. <laughs> but you can't sleep during the whole night in a pair of jeans. You're not a cowboy on the run. <laughs> but and even you... they sleep in their long johns. Yeah, even they have the with a big bum flap. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, an old prospector. Yeah. Yeah. There's gold in them, La Hills, and the, but there's no reason to sleep like a maniac. That's the rest of that phrase. Um. <laughs> Do you find, Phil, if you have ever slept on your back, that it's like your organs get like pressed down too much? Yes, yeah. My stomach, like in your stomach. My my guts feel all weird because they've just been like lying down and they're not supposed to really do that. Yeah, they just squish into. But on your side is also like it's the resting position in yoga at the end is to rest 
your heart to lie on your left side. Um, so it, does that? I guess that means that does does it does it um, confront the heart with the least amount of pressure to overcome to get blood through your body? Is that why it's more more relaxing? Yeah, maybe. I would have thought that if you had your heart on, if you went on your right hand side then your heart would be like you're lying down, but your heart's still quite high up, so it doesn't have to pump against gravity. Maybe that would be better. Yeah, but that, the heart is only ever so slightly to the left, isn't it? It's not like that far on the left. Yeah, it's not like jutting into your armpits or anything. <laughs> Armpit hearts. Um, but then, uh, you know... Yeah, I used to think, I used to think my, my heart was like right on the left, just above my left nipple, like that high up. Don't you think it's strange that I always find it really strange that as as organisms we have basically we have no idea what's inside of us. Like we had to cut open other people to go, oh, that's what's inside of me. It's just yeah. strange or anything to to exist and be alive and conscious and walking around and you don't know what's inside you. It's yeah, I mean it's it's, it's, it's like it's like it's like you're a you're a you're a Mac. Like you you can't you kind of work, but there's no way of finding out what's inside you. You have no idea. There could be a hamster wheel in there for you, you know. <laughs> What's also crazy is that like not only did we have to cut ourselves open to figure out what the fuck was going on in there, it took like hundreds of years of cutting people up. Mm. Like they were cutting people up like it... 700 years ago and they were like, well, uh, obviously all of our thoughts come from our hearts, but there's also this gloop in your head that um, if you mess with it, it seems like you can't do maths anymore. <laughs> they genuinely yeah. like... We're just sort of vaguely aware that your head was really crucial, but they were like, obviously, your soul and your thoughts come from your heart. And like, you know how you know how when we think we th- we 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 hear our own thoughts inside our head. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear them all the time. Well, that's it. Uh, Some of them aren't even my thoughts. But <laughs> but then in the days when they thought their thoughts come from their heart, did they think that they heard their thoughts in their chest? Hmm. That is a good question. Did they have this like abstract conception and like to what extent is the fact that we think we hear our thoughts in our head just the fact that we've been told that that's where the thoughts are happening? It's a very good point. In in Malay the word f- sort of for heart in the um for heart in the metaphorical sense in that yeah. in that like you've broken my heart. That heart actually translates to liver. Really? So, I, I, yeah, it's liver in, in Malay. So I, I don't know if that meant that people used to think their thoughts came from their liver. Or their, or like when, or their feelings. When, they, when, someone, or when someone broke up with them, they just clutched their side. Like, oh! <laughs> They're just, um, that's so interesting. Like, yeah, maybe that's where that they thought that the feelings and love was kept in the liver. It makes for some really ugly Valentine's cards. <laughs> I and then big red, like little brown, purple liver. You. Yeah, and it just looks like a sort of, it just looks like a, the outline of a U.S. state, just a kind of blob shape. <laughs> yeah. A kind of vaguely like a landlocked U.S. state. Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. I wonder. My 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 dad had like a great aunt, like a very sort of British great aunt, um, who might might actually be where I got the name Marjorie from. I'm not sure. I have to check with it. <laughs> but she would have, yeah. um, she would have a like you know in the old days how medicine didn't have to make sense or even do anything. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, she had a, a little thing of liver pills. Mm. And it was a little like tin pillbox of these pills, and it, and it was literally you you would take take them when you were feeling liverish, right? Which meant just sort of n- nauseated or I, sick. I think just sort of vaguely off, yeah, just like oh, I feel a bit off. I'll take a liver pill. <laughs> and they were pills made out of old liver, or they just fixed your liver. Uh, it was it was just for feeling liverish. Yeah, it wasn't even that specific. I'm sure they were liverish. just made out of out of artificial sweetener and cocaine. I mean, God knows. <laughs> oh, those are the days you just have a bit of cocaine when you're feeling down. <laughs> I think it's in, it's incredible that no culture has just gone. Oh, you've broken my dick, or like my. You know, when they're talking about romance, yeah, you know that 
you've got a special place in my vagina. Like, that's the most obvious <laughs> part of your body to place those emotions, isn't it? Because that's where you're feeling something tangible when you're attracted to someone. How is that not part of the, <laughs> the lexicon, you know? Maybe maybe that's because, like, someone was like, wait, wait a minute. I felt that in my dick, but I don't normally like that person to hang out with. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we, uh, it's different places. Uh, the dick the dick feeling is the one that doesn't need emotions necessarily. Interesting, interesting. So they went, oh, but when Mildred called me an asshole, I felt sad in my liver. So I'll remember that. But emotions, I've always thought emotions are a pretty r- recent invention or discovery. Have you want to look at them? Like the idea of like romantic love, it only applies to some cultures in the world. There's some cultures where it's, it's still a sort of ludicrous idea. So I think it's very Victorian to ignore the the throbbing in your genitals when you're attracted to someone and well, think the, about your heart, don't you think? The, well, it goes through phases. I mean, I, I, I did a whole module in, in second year of university on the romantic poetry in like the 12th century, which is like the same time as the Crusades. They were obsessed with it. Really? Oh yeah, that that was the whole era of like he she doth laid a single white hanky upon the knight's armor and all that shit. <laughs> it is so it's, a, it's such a weird obsession for a society where people were dying at fucking twenty four or whatever. You th- you think there are more th- there are more pressing matters to think about? No, that's perfect though. That's perfect emo territory, right? I um yeah I guess Everyone's yeah fucking I guess everything all the time. is more, more important when you've only got three years left. Exactly um, yeah, and you're like you're the love of my life. I'm gonna love you for six years because I'm thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although to be fair, I and uh, um someone made this Mal- Malcolm Gladwell made this mistake the other day, of of like medieval life expectancy was like forty three, but that that is to do with child mortality as opposed to how old you'll actually get as in the many child mortalities brought the average down yes yeah so that was the average right but once you once you survive childhood you you were in with a pretty decent chance of still making it to between 60 70 maybe even older if you're rich and had a good diet oh wow that's pretty good um like there's plenty of kings and bishops and stuff who lived to this to their 70s um and we mm-hmm. have the records for that and uh, the other thing as well is that I only found this out through discussions of the um, coronavirus life expectancy thing. Uh, if the average life expectancy is, is, you know, 73 or whatever, that's not the same thing as when you hit 73. So, um, for example, if you're a, if you're a, 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 a lady in, in England, yeah. if you are 83, I think... Then the if you manage to hit eighty three, and you aren't you know specifically sick with something like say cancer or whatever else, you're just eighty three. The average life yep. expectancy of someone who's already eighty three is like another fucking eight years or something. Right. So the life expectancy shifts upwards the more successful you are at aging. Of course, of course, of course. Which a lot of people like, like, yes. including myself, you misunderstand because it's like, well, you know, the average life expectancy is seventy three, and now that you're seventy three, it could be any fucking day now. <laughs> yeah, it's not that odds are you're going to die now. Yeah, it's not like right, um, I see. whatever that movie is where a jewel starts flashing in your palm and they come and murder you. Uh, mm, that's kind L- of Logan's run. Oh, Looper. Oh. Is that oh, Looper? I was thinking of Looper. Logan's Run is something it's where you, you you get murdered when you turn thirty or something. Okay, I've uh, I've only seen Looper. It's the only movie I've seen. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds a bit like that. Have you seen Looper? That's funny. Every I think time we've talked about Looper. I think we've talked about the way I say Looper. Yeah, yeah, Looper. Was it Looper? <laughs> it's quite. It's the most Welsh I ever sound. Is when I'm talking about the film Looper. <laughs> This is my theory about us getting our accents back in isolation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just really, like yeah, I like the idea that anyone restoring factory settings. Yeah, anytime anyone says a movie, you're just like, oh, Looper. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis in Looper. 
It's a film a film about time travel. Uh, all right, shall we do some emails? Yes, correspondence dinner. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ring Correspondence. Oh, some correspondence from various people. Uh, um, correspondence. We're catching up. Catching up. Catching up. Uh, Lottie gets in touch. Lottie. Uh, thanks a Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a Lottie. Uh, P squared. She says, I recently went to India to visit my sister who is working there. Uh, imagine my excitement whilst packing my suitcase. Surely India would be the gateway to my very own bum-bum story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she says... Uh, um, old uh, Delhi Belly Novelli. Yes, well, exactly. I, That's I why I can't ever go to Delhi. Yeah. It rhymes too well. It's going to happen. <laughs> so... Uh, Lottie says, uh, whilst there, I challenged my weak little white body (laughs) (laughs) Whilst there, I challenged my weak little white body with three chili icon meals, street food, uh, questionable drinking water uh, And Uh. I must admit at being lax with the now highly sought after hand sanitizer Do you reckon... In India, they have chilies on their menus. I would have thought they wouldn't bother. Uh, maybe they're just like you know what it has. Maybe they have to. Maybe they have little tiny white people emojis for when there's no chilies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a glass of milk has like three white people icons next to it, and a dal <laughs> yeah. has two or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 And. Uh, yeah, people in India are like, uh, oh, are you sure you... Like, the chef has to come out and go, are you sure you want to order that? It's very bland. <laughs> it's very not spicy. Um, so, she's, so she says... So Rosie's not been hand sanitizing as much as she should and yeah. sucking on her fingers. That's right. Uh, she says, all with the hope of enriching my own brown monologue. Wow. So uh, this, this podcast has started to encourage risk, risky health behavior, Phil. It is. We have to say we do not recommend you try this at home. We we only come to us with stories that have ha- that have happened to you. Don't go out looking for them. It's yeah. not safe. Yeah. Don't don't give yourself dysentery for in the hopes of a good email. Don't down a raw chicken mini breast fillet. For our sakes. Just let it happen. Let it come to you. Yeah, exactly. The universe will find you with explosive diarrhea when you're ready. (laughs) Uh, So Lottie says, well, I was fine. (laughs) Oh, no, she's got an iron stomach. Yeah, she said, I went home disappointed. It just wasn't my time. I must be patient. Which is (laughs) our message. Like we just said. It is, yeah. Yeah. Keep jacking it, old boys. Lottie. uh, Yeah. Just no detail there about seeing her sister. I like to think no, no, that she no, never that's... got around to it. No, that was the, the whole point was she was she was one of this new breed of uh, diarrhea tourists that you get now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you thought the sex tourists were bad. Well, hold on to your hats. Have you heard of the new phenomenon of brown tourism? <laughs> it's huge, brown tourism. For as little as $2, a Western person can fly to this airport and be taken by a local guide to an establishment where they will get diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see a, a big celebrity video speaking out against this kind of thing. Have you been watching the uh, Netflix documentary series The Last Dance, Pierre? I have not. Uh, is this the basketball lads? Yeah, it's about the uh, the Golden Age Chicago Bulls. It's mainly about my- Michael Jordan. Um, there's an extraordinary story in which he, the night before a big game, he's hungry and he orders a pizza. Yeah. And... Um, he, he eats the whole thing and then he wakes up at 2am just with <laughs> just with explo- just so sick just I mean they never say it but I'm sure he's shitting his guts out and vomiting and he still plays the game the next day and but every and he's he's still playing like God but then every time they call time out he just sits down <laughs> on the on the subs bench and he just sweats he just looks at the ground and he just drinks lucas aid <laughs> and he's like Ugh! and then he gets back up and just like dunks on everyone and then has to sit back down again just, it's, and, and as someone who's had food poisoning recently and could barely get off the sofa it's unbelievable that he could still play basketball at the top level <laughs> Having had and eaten an entire bad pizza. Imagine being the best in the world at something, even when you have shit pouring down your legs. <laughs> yeah, I mean that skill. Yeah, that skill. If you if if you're so skilled at something, like there's so much skill in your brain and training and like muscle memory that you can't even shit it away. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gone on stage with food poisoning or a fever? Um, I'm sure I've been. I've had. I've been. I've gone on with bad hangovers, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but never like a stomach bug or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, crazy. I think it's just too. It's too brain heavy. Something like stand up to to withstand having a foggy poo brain. <laughs> I mean, that was a time you and I were performing. In our university days, at the Edinburgh Fringe, and what it wasn't me; it was you who was so hungover. That yes, I, I was you're, pouring you're sweat, pouring sweat, just completely sh- sheet white. <laughs> and it was a hot room as well as every room in the Edinburgh Fringe is. And yeah, I just remember looking at you, and there was just no life in your eyes, and you just. <laughs> And before, and you had to begin all of your lines with a deep exhale. Just, well, what do you mean, Reverend? <laughs> it must have added twenty minutes to the show overall. Oh my god! Yeah, and just every character was was a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the the time when you were hung over uh, on stage was was with Daphne, wasn't it? Uh yeah, maybe. Wasn't there a yeah. Daphne where where it was like the day after the 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 day after the day off or something like that? I think I I think I saw you afterwards after uh, after that show. Oh really? Oh god. <laughs> I don't quite remember it. Yeah, I yeah, I can imagine really letting some people down one day. <laughs> must be that. Oh man, um, we we got quite a, a a meaty email here from Ryan. Ryan, what you spying on? What you spying on, Ryan? Um, so it's it's a it's a bit of a Guardian long read, but uh, <laughs> okay. He says, uh, "Greetings, Pod Boys," which is pretty good. Greetings, yeah, Pod Boys is nice. Yeah. Uh, for years now, my friends and I have been trying to put together the pieces of a phenomenal whodunit mystery. 
by murdering someone. <laughs> by murdering someone with one of five objects in one of five rooms. <laughs> so he says, uh, uh, for years now, my friends and I have been trying to put together the pieces of a phenomenal whodunit mystery. However, instead of a murder, the mystery that surrounds this, this mystery surrounds an almost industrial amount of fecal matter. Okay, now I'm listening. Yes. It was New Year's Day 2007. Oh, I remember that. Ooh. There were six of us, all aged around 17. As was I. Yeah. Um, We'd all stayed at a friend's house following a New Year's party, at which there had been so many guests that narrowing down (laughs) the individual responsible would require far too much investigative work. Why is it so funny calling that them a guest? A guest is too, it's too sophisticated a word for someone at a party, isn't it? <laughs> for someone at a party who's seventeen. Excuse me, I am a guest. <laughs> I am a guest at this party. <laughs> Especially if everyone's seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Could all the guests please uh, leave at the earliest convenience? I'm a, I'm a guest. Like you're, you're you know, you you get told off because you're. Fingering someone in a cupboard. Excuse me, I am your guest at the party. <laughs> Mother, I have to pour vodka into this fruit punch bowl. My guests will be here soon. <laughs> I've got guests coming. So. <laughs> I find it so funny, the idea of a 17-year-old with guests. <laughs> <laughs> well, like your very like uptight dad. Is this one of your guests? <laughs> yeah, that would be quite a good line if it was like uh, one of those sitcoms where they all like when American sitcoms went through that phase of having a really uptight butler as a character in every show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but also there's like a bunch of them where they have a butler figure. And just, yeah, just witheringly asking if this is one of your guests. <laughs> so, um, so, they're at a friend's house. The morning after the shindig, we were awoken by an almighty stench filtering into the bedroom from the hallway. That combined with the lingering effects of the booze and jazz tobacco we had enjoyed the previous evening. To make Which the guests had enjoyed. The, yes. yes, the guests had been enjoying booze and jazz tobacco. Uh, which combined with these other lingering effects to make us all wretch collectively in a hideous regurgitating chorus Mm. (laughs) like the frogs from the Budweiser advert just (laughs) (laughs) just a room full of 17 year old guests all all vomit burping at each other (laughs) so they're all in this room wretching collectively and he says, uh, I was the first to make a break for it. Across the landing and into the bathroom as fast as I could, not paying much attention to my surroundings, where I stumbled upon the epicenter of the stench. Mm. <laughs> this is in the hallway. Oh, he he stumbled the across the landing and into the bathroom. Uh. What is uh, the landing? The landing is I'm, that weird I've never little... quite understood this. It's that weird little mezzanine it's a bit near bit the steps. On, on top of the stairs, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because you don't land there, you ascend to it. It, it, it makes more sense if the landing was on the ground floor, because it's where you land. Yes, the the one upstairs would, you, yeah, you would call it the the the, uh, the ascending, the, the rising, the ascending. Yeah, well, that sounds very grand. The ascending. Yes. Meet me on the ascending. Yeah, I like that. I found one of your guests on the ascending. <laughs> they appear to have been uh, stricken by some sort of uh, malady. <laughs> so uh, he says, uh, uh, "He says I was the first to make a break for it, across the landing and into the bathroom as fast as I could, not paying much attention to my surroundings, where I stumbled upon the epicenter of the stench. The toilet was quite literally full to the brim with liquid brown vulgarity. Oh no! It was one of the guests, I'm sure." <laughs> Liquid brown vulgarity. A new liquid brown guest in the house. (laughs) Sir, I'm afraid one of your guests guests has left the toilet filled with uh, vulgarity. 
<laughs> One of your guests appears to have left some vulgarity on the landing. Um. Ooh, hang on, I've lost the email now. Oh, come on, Pierre, don't be like this, please. Oh dear. No. What? Oh dear. I didn't... It appears I, your email has taken its leave. I fucking hate Gmail with all my heart. Oh, here we go. Uh, so, liquid brown vulgarity. Uh, so he's, he's charged into the loo. It's filled to the brim with liquid brown vulgarity. He says, uh, <clears throat> uh, The odor was so foul that my gag reflex could contain itself no longer, and I unleashed a stream of green vomit into mm. the bowl. Which made no. everything so much worse. Of course it did. Ah, uh, uh, horrible, horrible. He, what are the guests going to think of this? <laughs> <laughs> My puke had disturbed the stagnant party waste in the toilet, unleashing further scents that had previously laid dormant beneath the vile surface. Wow. Yeah. Let's, let's do that bit again. I didn't catch all of it. So, he says, uh... The odor was so foul that my gag reflex could contain itself no longer, and I unleashed a stream yep, of that. green vomit into the bowl, which made everything yep. so much worse. Ugh. My Horrible, puke had yeah. disturbed the stagnant party waste in the toilet, unleashing further scents that had previously uh, laid dormant beneath the vials. No! What are the guests going to think of this? That's what he must have been thinking. What will the guests think of this? <laughs> um... This induced more vomiting. But not wanting to make the same mistake again, I pivoted on the spot and decided to aim my stream of sick into the bath. Which is where I realized that this was no ordinary mess. No. So uh, he's pivoted on the spot to, to go from throwing up in the loo to throwing up in the bathroom, uh, in the bath. Great. Very so. graceful. Which is when he realized uh, that this was no ordinary mess. Because there was, uh, Phil, he says, there was a healthy smattering of arse water festering in the tub. Uh, what a thing to find. What a thing to find when all you want to deal, do is just deal with your, your awful hangover. You just want to spend a day eating fried chicken and just sitting around. And now you've got to deal with this. Horrible. Exactly. So he says, a healthy smattering of arse water festering in the tub, while the sink had not been neglected either. What? Wow. The sink. Goodness me. Um, he continues. This, this guest had been very thorough. <laughs> That's what Sherlock Holmes would say if he was there. <laughs> We're looking for a thorough man, Watson. <laughs> He, uh, he says, there was no vessel unsoiled and nowhere I could expel the previous night's intoxicants without adding to the, to the fragrance. Gosh. I managed to open Gosh, the window but... just in time. Why did you throw up out the window? Allowing me to puke until I could puke no more, whilst also inviting some much-needed fresh air into the befouled bathroom. Oh, God. So he just, he just splatter-tatting out the window. Yes. Just onto the ground outside. Yes, like a town crier if the news was vomit. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think town criers shouted out the windows, though, do they? I think they had to go outside. It's a yes, very lazy well, town crier who's just like... Eh. Hello? A town crier in a very small town. No need, no need to leave the house. Yeah. Um... So, he says, uh, two of my friends came in, unable to hold their guts in any longer either, and discovered me leaning out of the window in a room completely written off by a surfeit of hot liquid excrement. Christ. They initially tried to lay the blame at my feet, but it soon became obvious that I had not been in there long enough to produce such a masterpiece of shitty mayhem. <laughs> this is a team effort. Imagine the imagine the panic of being accused of that, just caught over the over the corpse, as it were. No, 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 no. But also with like vomit dribbling down your mouth, your chin. No, no, that's not what. No, 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 no. 
and <laughs> so hungover. Yeah, ugh, just your ugh. head hot and, and big. <laughs> your blood all thin. Oh no. Uh, then we discovered more evidence that pointed to another culprit. Handprints on the rim of the sink, the bath, the floor, and the door. Uh, oh. Oh. Were, yeah. Were we about to catch this person brown-handed? <laughs> we decided to follow the handprints to see if the assailant was anywhere in the house. Wow. Like a, like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> yeah, Pansel and Shittle. Mmm. Yes. We we went back out into the hallway where a solid brown stripe led along the wall and down the stairs. The wall? <laughs> they must have just been leaning on the wall with a big poo hand. Like they'd been shot with a poo bullet. <laughs> <laughs> like Mr. Burns in that Simpsons episode. <laughs> oh my days. Uh, we went back into the hall, yeah, where a solid brown stripe led along the wall and down the stairs, with another thick brown stripe coating the banister. Wow, this is like a fucking Columbo or something. Yeah. Whoever had done the deed had clearly panicked, run out the house, using the banister and the wall to support them in their inebriated state, leaving a shitty trail behind them. Yeah. The trail led through the hall and to the front door, where the literal party pooper had made their escape. <laughs> we never found out who it was, and quickly wow. left our friend and his parents alone in the house to clean up the fetid mess. Oh, so he was one of the guests. Yes, he was a guest the whole time. Oh. I um, bet it was him. What a great cover story. You shit all over the bathroom. Then you get get it all over your hands and you, you mark yourself a little trail out the door. Then you clean up outside, you come back in, and you make up a whole new story about going to throw up in the room and finding it that way. It's the perfect crime. And then, 13 years later, your friends pressure you to send in the funny story to Budpod, not even knowing that you are describing your own actions. You are the guilty guest. <laughs> oh, this could be controversial. So he says, uh, We never found out who it was and quickly left our friend and his parents alone in the house to clean up the fetid mess, for which two plumbers and a carpet fitter were required. <laughs> oh, no. I bet he got grounded. I'm impressed that the parents were in the house from the get-go. What cool parents for a New Year's... Well, I guess it was New Year's Eve. Oh, my parents are gonna kill me! I bet, I bet he said that at one point. <laughs> yes. They sold the house soon after. Wow. Like, yeah, like it's haunted. Friend... Cursed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sold the house soon after, with my friend's mother one day telling me, I can't forget that stench. Wow. Oh my god. It just doesn't feel clean in here, no matter how much bleach we use. So they actually did sell the house because of it, because of this, the the poop. <laughs> it seems like it. That that shit changed. That shit affected the housing market. <laughs> That's quite an achievement. To to shit a house onto the market. <laughs> you know you can't to just shit, uh, house shit houses onto the market. Uh, yes, you can. Uh, to to shit a house onto the market is, I think, more almost as impressive as shitting a house off the market. <laughs> How would you do that? <laughs> like you just you'd shit up a house so badly that it's like no one can ever live here again. Oh right, it's just written off and abandoned. Yeah, it, it just becomes like the kind of place where they'd film the Blair Witch. When you said shit at a house off the market, I presumed you meant like, God, this shit's so nice. I gotta buy this house. <laughs> I like to shit it into a sale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm, I don't know about this house. Uh, it comes with shit in the loo. Sold! Well, you know, a house always uh, sells better if it smells of bread. But what if it smells of bread? <laughs> uh, I can really imagine shitting in this house myself. <laughs> It smells like a home to me. 
So uh, the friend's mum says, I can't forget that stench. It just doesn't feel clean in here no matter how much bleach we use. We have our suspicions about who it was, says Ryan. Wow. A school friend who we didn't hang out with so much suspiciously stopped drinking after the party and was nowhere to be seen on that fateful morning. Well, I mean, sure, yeah, surely is the one person who's not there anymore. Surely by some method deny- of, de- of uh, elimination, you, could, you yeah. could know who it was. But he denies it to this day, and there were too many people at the party for us to definitively label him as the culprit. Ah, too many guests. Yeah, too many guests spoil the, uh, well, the loo. Spoil the house, eventually. Yeah. Nevertheless, there is currently a family of four living in a house in the northeast of England, completely unaware that their walls were once thoroughly caked in runny human shit. <laughs> Thank you for providing the perfect place to share this tale. I hope it was to your sordid tastes. Humbly jacking it, Ryan. Do you reckon that new family of four now sort of are woken up in the middle of the night by the sounds of distant shedding? Just, what the... <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? The telltale dump. <laughs> what are you? Do you think um yeah, do you do you think it'll be one of those things where they they experience a haunting and they have to get in touch with the family that used to live there and they just have, have either disappeared or it's like one really old lady with a white streak in her hair says I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good story, oh Ryan. God. That sounds gross. Excellent story. Truly horrific. I wonder. Um, I wonder if they'll ever find out who it is. Do you think that that's the kind of thing someone ever admits? Uh, no. What for at this point? Well, your, I mean, your, I guess on your deathbed. Yeah, maybe on your deathbed. You go, uh, I shat your house onto the market. Uh. <laughs> and, his, and his friend's like, no, you are my best guest. Instead of, uh, instead of saying rosebud, he just says, mm, I shat in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Speaking of death, speaking of deathbeds, um, I have an uh, an email here from uh, Rosie. Ah, and uh, she's Rosie, Rosie, don't be nosy. Very good. Yes, um, not so easy, is it, Pierre? <laughs> I bet I make it sound <laughs> real easy, but um, poo's on the other bum now. Okay, so <laughs> Rosie has sent in some funeral tat, which is. You know, it's it, it's a small subcategory of tat, but definitely exists. It's not as it's big or profound. as yes, it's not it's not as sort of mainstream as lad tat or dad tat, but it, it's out there. So um, Rosie says, "Hello, PBs. At a recent funeral, sad thoughts were temporarily lifted on the reading of this deeply meaningful, in no way trite or facile message, whose illuminating, mm. almost metaphor, lay writ on the back of." actually very handy, tissues given to mourners. Actually, maybe a pretty sweet merch line for the church of dirty little boys and girls to consider. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We need more uh, church stuff, really. Please never stop jacking it. Rosie. And so she sent in some tat that was handed out at a funeral she attended. One is a card, and it's uh, got like a hand-drawn border around the words... Sometimes memories sneak out of your eyes and roll down your cheeks. Oh, no. <laughs> that is an insane thing to think about when you're... What? Also, like, no one is at a loss as to what's happening when they're crying. <laughs> what, what is this come rolling down my cheeks? Are they wet memories? But also, does that mean you forget them? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah, the more you cry, the less you remember. You just wipe away, just wipe away the memories. You cry yourself you into go. amnesia. <laughs> yeah, the, when you're being told something very sad, you're crying because you want to forget it, what you've heard instantly. 
<laughs> or if you you cry when you're really bored, so you don't have to have a boring memory. Ah, this this tat is actually written on a box of tissues. I get it. So they're all handed boxes of tissues, on which is written. Sometimes memories sneak out of your eyes and roll down your cheeks, and you pull tissues out of it to wipe up your memories. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's extraordinary. That is a, that is a horrible phrase. Let me just uh, wipe up these memories I've made. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Sometimes um, memories you've made just burst out the end of your dick. That's what I, that's what I would say for a sort of wank bank thing. Oh gosh! And thanks for your, that uh, bit of quick bit of chat there, uh, Rosie. It's always nice to add something to the uh, funeral file would you want that at your funeral would you would you be annoyed if that if if that was handed out at your funeral i'd want my priest to be wearing a wacky apron definitely <laughs> kiss the priest <laughs> kiss the priest or like a finger pointing to my coffin and the words uh i'm with dead that'd be funny <laughs> I want my priest to be wearing a, a, an apron which makes it look like he's a sexy lady with big boobs in a bikini. <laughs> and then I want the same apron on the coffin. <laughs> so yeah. when people look at the kiss. coffin, they go, oh, no, oh, you tricked me. Kiss kiss the priest would be good. And then with the small words underneath, but keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, uh, bless this mess. That would work. Bless this mess would work. <laughs> uh, like uh, you could, I could, we could do a whole line of wacky priest T-shirts. Like I'm squatting in God's house. That's that's cute. That's cute. Um, it's Judgment Day some somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> God's bitch. Yeah. That'd be fun. It's like God's bitch. God's little <laughs> God's little whore. I don't know why I've gone so hard. <laughs> yeah, because that's another line of tat, the sort of harsh tat. Or like I think we someone we someone sent it to us on Twitter. There's um some bed sheets. What were they? You you remember this? Bed sheets. Some some bed sheets, and they're like, um, it was like uh, two skeletons making out, and they, and it said like you and me against the world. Oh, it was a it was a hot babe making out with a kind of a skeleton that was riding a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, and it was like, hot bitch wife and asshole husband dad versus the world. <laughs> And it, yeah, like the, the this tat that sort of tries to reclaim being an awful member of society. Yeah, like the the more people take you aside and say, you know, you're a real fucking asshole, the more you're like, yeah, that means I'm doing something right. Like those t-shirts that say, "I woke up this morning. What more do you want?" It's like, <laughs> come on, no one, no one asks you to do anything. <laughs> Why don't you just try your best and stay out of the way? <laughs> that should be, that on would your be a good t-shirt <laughs> why don't you just try your best and stay out of the way is a very funny thing to write on a t-shirt <laughs> like an exhausted politician would, would have that on a t-shirt that's pretty good advice for the public try your best and stay out of the way yeah there is a there are a lot of people who are like uh I may be a dumb bitch whore, but I guess who just made nachos? <laughs> like the priority of the tat is always quite confusing. Where you go, is this about nachos? Like, what's yeah, the yeah, target yeah. here? Is this what pro are you trying you? to tell me? Is this pro bitch or pro nachos? Yeah, are you a bit a nacho? You're a nacho a nacho bitch. <laughs> is this a new thing? A new social movement? Yeah, um, that's pretty much the whole damn thing, really. 
Yeah, there was an incredible set of bed sheets. I just, if you, I just, I, I'm, I'm almost envious of the kind of couple that can, that, that can both agree to buy that and enjoy it. Because they're definitely compatible, aren't they? Uh, yes, yeah, they've definitely found the, the, the one. Yeah. They've definitely found the one. Um, eventually, he's just going to, like, sleeping on that, eventually, it's got to, like, get to you. It's got to depress you, even if you don't realise it. <laughs> Going, laying your head on such an aggressive, mean-spirited, unpleasant piece of upholstery, eventually, it's got to take a toll on you. Yeah, or, or 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 like washing it and carefully folding it and swapping it out for <laughs> presumably a second one that's in a different colour. Yeah, washing is a funny image. Washing just, something horrible. Just, uh, we need to wash the um, asshole husband bitch wife uh, duvet cover. Um, so I just thought I'd replace it with the uh, yes, I'm a cunt, but guess who has a new microwave duvet that we bought uh, <laughs> on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like the kind of duvet sheet that cover that you would buy like in Camden Market. Yeah, exactly. It can't have a high thread count. No, like there's more like printer ink on it than cotton. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be able to say like, uh, well, you know, it's it's high quality Egyptian cotton, so we printed this on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I've got another um, email of Tat here. Another potentially uh, subcategory of Tat. Oh, yeah? This is from F- Frank, and he's sent in some half assed Tat. Oh, sorry, Pierre. This is from Frank. Uh, Frank the Tank. Yep. Yep, he's got a big old cannon sticking out of his nose. And th- he sent in some half assed Tat, which is interesting. He says, uh, hi there, orators of poop. Which I, yep. I like. I like Orators of Poop. That sounds like Orators a... Orators of Poop would, it would be like our death metal band, apart from That's metal exactly rock. what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome to stage, the Orators of Poop! I sat on the toilet! Brown handprints on the wall! <laughs> Which guest did this? Which guest did this? Uh, okay. So Frank says, uh, spotted some incredible half-arsed tat for sale on a Facebook page, selling prints for the extortionate price of £4. The compl- £4 a print. The complete lack of design slash creativity and shocking use of fonts kind of made me respect them for trying to sell this. Attached some pics. Koji, Frank. Uh, and, I mean, I'm going to... It might be hard, but I'm going to try to give you the tat quiz here, Pierre. Okay, yes, so, please. The first two are a little gonna... They make some sense, so you might get them. And they're basically plays on uh, sort of cutesy viral phrases that people might share around for them, you know. And and he's right, this, like, horrible cursive uh, font, like, word art font. And the yeah. first one has a, just a picture of a cleaver, like a big flat knife, and the words, chop it like it's... blank. Oh, chop it like it's hot, surely. Yes. Yeah. It just says chop like it like it's hot. Like that very recent song. <laughs> <laughs> These guys mean, are keeping with like the times. That's, a, that's just a kind of a modernity you can expect from the, the cats at facebook.com. <laughs> and this next one, I think, you, I, I think you should be able to get this one. It's got a picture of a, a grater. And in the sim, in the same sort of cheap word out cursive, greater's gonna. Oh, greater's gonna great, yeah. Greater's gonna great. Yeah. <laughs> greater's gonna great. You know what? I, I think just, if someone can guess what you're going to finish your sentence with, it's not worth selling. I think if someone can guess the end of your sentence, it's not a joke anymore. It's just obvious. This third one is going to be a bit harder, but I think maybe if I press it with this, it might be easier to get. So it's one, okay. of, it's, uh, one of these uh, mixed font ones. Ooh. The one of those where the first segment is in a sort of boring uh, Arial Sans t- um, font. 
Yeah. And then the second bit is in cursive, out of nowhere. It suddenly, it's a, it suddenly explodes into curls. Yes. So the aerial serious bit of this starts, this kitchen is for, and then in cursive. Ooh. This kitchen is for... Uh, You'll never get this, because it makes no sense. Uh, cooking? But No, it, it's something uh, that could be in... That could be in uh, in cursive, like a sort of uh, infantilized cursive. Ooh, okay. This kitchen is for princesses. <laughs> yeah, like, you're along the right lines. <laughs> um, I mean, that'd be ho- that'd be so like adorably sexist. <laughs> this kitchen is for princesses. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's like you're my princess now. Go away, like slave away in the kitchen, which they would never do. And uh, yeah, because what's in common with all princesses? They are trapped. They're trapped in a room. Your room is a kitchen. <laughs> um, this kitchen is for. Uh, this kitchen is for. It's an activity. Dreams. It's an <laughs> yeah. You're getting there. It's an activity that you wouldn't normally associate with kitchens. Oh, okay. This kitchen is for laughing. <laughs> you're getting there. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's it's. This kitchen is for dancing, which sounds horribly dangerous. That is so dangerous. Dancing? <laughs> Dancing. You know where all the hottest and sharpest things in your house are? Why don't you go and dance there? <laughs> Why don't you go dance near all these boiling liquids that aren't covered? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know how... You know that room in the house where it's already annoying enough if you're just trying to get to a drawer and someone is standing in the way? Just have a little dance. <laughs> That is pathetic. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. I, I hate that. And I, really I was hate thinking that. about, you know, like, great is going to great one. Yeah. <laughs> it's grating on me, person, that one. <laughs> what kind of person is it who can look at that and every day of their life go, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually you just have to block it out of your mind. That's, that's, that's the only thing I can imagine. Yeah, you wouldn't even see it, it anymore. Yeah, someone who someone who knew who comes to your kitchen would go, "Oh, great is going to great," and you'd go, "Hmm, what?" <laughs> oh, right, that. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I forgot that was there. And you would just you would just come across as exhausted. You'd be like, "What? Oh, yeah, that's a yeah." <laughs> yeah, don't look at that. You know how this is my this is what I think about that kind of tat as well. Is, you know, there's a sort of phenomenon I've noticed over my life of the thing you happen to look at when something horrible happens to you or when you get some terrible news or when you're at a particularly low point or when you're being broken up with and your eyes looking for something to rest on, just settle on something and this something takes on a new meaning and a new significance because it happens to what you're looking at when something horrible is happening in your life, right? Yes. Imagine that being... Greater's gonna great. Imagine you're in your kitchen and you get you get a phone call. It's and it's the phone call you've been dreading. And you're like, oh god, how is my life going to continue? Where do I go from here? My whole world has fallen, has had the bottom fallen out of it. It's and you look up and it just says, Greater's gonna great. <laughs> and like. You'd be staring at it, and I know exactly what you mean. And you always notice something a bit pathetic when you're staring yeah. at something. You go, "Oh, that picture's not quite straight," or something. You always, yes, it's, you it's finally... like that great scene in the first episode of Breaking Bad where um, Walter White is told he has cancer, and he says nothing. He just says to the doctor, "You've got some, you've got some ketchup on your tie." And it's exactly yes. that. It's just like what happened. Yeah, what you happen to focus on when you get the worst news of your life. Great is gonna great. <laughs> <laughs> this kitchen is for dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be staring at it and you'd be thinking something stupid like, "Oh, the the shadows on the holes of the grater aren't the same as the shadows on the outside of the." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's actually an, 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 an uneven number of uh, holes here. 
<laughs> like the, the 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 holes on the left are like a bit too far from the edge of the grater. The further than the 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 furthermost holes on the right of the grater. This yeah, is an, asymm- an asymmetric drawing. Yeah, it's you go. Oh, it's almost like a misprint. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, As your world I'll... is destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this kitchen is for dancing. <laughs> who, 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 in that moment, staring at this kitchen is for dancing during a life-destroying moment, would not just immediately th- throw it in the bin? <laughs> You'd go, that's fu-. like it's taken a life-changing event for me to see it, but that's fucking asinine, and it's going in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, well uh, well I think that's all the time we have time for this podcast is for ending <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks so much uh, for listening in we still um, hardly scratch the surface I know this has become our slogan essentially but uh, yep. every time it's like that, it's like the law of quantum physics the act of observation changes that which is being observed, and it seems the act of reading emails just adds more emails. But we yes. are trying our absolute best. Yes. We're, the emails are like that thing where uh, uh, Achilles can never catch up with the tortoise because he's always in, in cre- the tortoise is always moving even at least an atom away. Uh, that whole thing. Yes. What is that called? It is the paradox. The... Uh, the... The di... The Dian, the Dianic, the Diana paradox, the Dianic, something to do with twos. There's a set yeah. of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's a there very interesting theory that we'll talk about next episode. <laughs> yes, thank you very much, guys. Bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.